0: What's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time.
1: Start the game! Let's go!
0: We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I'll write it, and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure? Say? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Big Barbecue Central Show, a show that has recently started talking about barbecue and grilling. We do it live from the Barbecue Hall of (laughs) Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, and the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here. 120 minutes on the countdown. If you have always thought to yourself, I want to get in touch with the show, I need to call the show, I need to email the show, here's how you do
1: that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show.
0: Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com and here's what's happening and boy do we have a doozy. We are rounding out the month of April here over the next 2 weeks. And the third week of the month brings a spectacularly guest-laden show. First hour stacked with regulars, 14 past the hour he is a barbecue hall of famer, a prolific, perhaps the most prolific barbecue and live fire cookbook author on the face of the earth. The likes that we will probably never see again. He puts on cooking classes. He does TV shows. We'll be talking about that this evening as well. It is, of course, the third Tuesday of the month. Of the month, first guest Stephen Reichlin joining me. Plenty to talk to Stephen about. Looking forward to catching up with him. And then 35 past the hour, the other third Tuesday of the month recurring guest, the creator of GrillGirl.com, a now budding SCA Steak Cookoff Association contestant, as she has just wrapped her second contest. We'll be talking about that as well. We'll also be hitting a few of her most favorite recipes on her new cookbook that's coming out, Early next month, that is, of course, Robin Lindars. And then we will transition to the second hour where we have one newbie and one first-time guest. Uh, And it's been a little while. Let me reload and let me reset here. 14 past the second hour. Veterans Q founder Steve Lulofs will be joining me. If you are on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, Veterans Q, very prominent nowadays, not a business that has been around a tremendous amount of time, a handful of years here, but growing very quickly and gaining a lot of popularity, but a really great story that backs up this whole thing that I want to really break down and get into. Certainly, we'll talk about the rubs and the sauces, the products that they're doing, but a much bigger thing going on with Veterans Q that I wanted to have them on and talk to them about. And then 35 passed in helping me close out the show. Hey, now, you remember, was it a year, maybe two years ago? What was the big thing? Well, we love the Barbecue Guru. It works great on ceramics. It works great on bullet-style smokers and kettle grills. But what about the big offset smokers? My next guest decided to tackle that segment. And I am welcoming back for the second time on this show the creator of the Perfect Draft, the Barbecue Blower System. Steven Thibodeau will be joining me. Now, if you are keeping track, everybody aside from Robin is named Steve or Steven. Stephen Reichlin, Steve Luloffs, and Steven Thibodeau. So it is a Steve slash Stephen night except for Robin. Uh, we can call Robin Steve Lindars if we want just to keep it consistent where all four guests are named Steve. We probably won't do that. Or we will do it once and then be summarily bashed and that will be it. But nevertheless, that's your lineup, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter. Please do that. I am providing some pretty good extra content over on those handles, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Uh, you can also get the video stream there as well. I don't monitor the chat, but that's all right. Jump over to the Facebook page. I'm sorry, jump over to the YouTube page. If you go to my website and then click on the YouTube Live button right there at the top, you can mix in with the likes of Sean81073, John Dawson, Steve Ray, Stover, uh, a.k.a. Barbecue Hunk, John Solberg is in, Doug Scheiding will be in shortly, just to name a few right off the top of my head. So if you like to interact with folks, and it's something I do keep an eye on, so perhaps that does or does not hold any weight with you, there you go. All right, so while some of you thought my tire rant last week was one of the best ever, one of you tools thought it was the worst story ever. In a post that can be found on the show Facebook page, and I quote, believe it or not, from a guy named Steven. (laughs) It's a theme tonight. Steven Bruckler, Greg, you really need to lay off your rants. All of your listeners, who don't have to be, by the way, Wasted 10 minutes of our lives listening to you whine about your flat tire experience. Okay, we get it. That shit harkens back to the Obama administration. By all means, express your discontent, but please, spare us the play-by-play. Boring! Steven, first and foremost, thank you so much for listening to the show, subscribing to the show, which I'm guess you're doing via podcast because of when you posted. Your listenership is truly appreciated. Truly appreciated. The fact that you took time out of your day to give me that feedback to try and make the show better, truly appreciated. That being said, I have some pretty unfortunate news for you, Stephen. I'm not sure if you've been listening to the show over the past few months but I have been doing a lot of show banning and a lot of internet banning. And Stephen, with your tone and those words, you have garnered an utter and complete internet banning. You're gone. That stuff
1: out of here.
0: Not only from this show, but from the internet entirely. You know, each week and for the past 11 years, I bring to you barbecue and grilling-related interviews with the industry's leading opinion makers, barbecue hall of famers, book writers, bloggers, competition cooks. The list goes on. And you won't allow me a few minutes of self-indulgence to recount the great tire tragedy of 2019? What kind of barbecue maniac are you, Steven? Don't you want to see all sides of me? Don't you want to know something more than just the live sty- uh, the live fire stuff from me? Do you hate it when I have my kids on for five minutes every so often? Do you think about hanging yourself from the nearest steel beam when neighbor Desmond comes on the show? Did my rant about the college admission scandal make you want to run to the garage and do deep lung hits from the tailpipe of your running car? to end the misery as quickly as possible, Stephen? I can only assume yes. Let's make a deal. You start your own barbecue and grilling show and then run it out for like 11 years or so, and then I'll start thinking about taking your advice. You think you can do a show for 11 years, Stephen? Here's a fun fact. Did you know that the 2019 NBBQA's Best Audio Podcast recipient just called it quits after a hundred episodes a hundred episodes and that's not even a barbecue show for the most part for perspective i have about six times more shows under my belt than that one by the way steven do us all a favor and change that profile picture on facebook in a word weird And for those of you who are watching here on the Facebooks or the YouTubes, this is the profile picture. Whoa! Uh That's the guy that's making fun of me. That's the guy who's saying, your rant is boring and your flat tiredness is lame and flat tires were taken out of cars since the Obama administration. Was that a shot at Obama? I don't want to let politics run into this, but Steven, in case you forgot, you are completely banned from the internet. That's it. You're banned. So I would like your feedback after this rant, but of course, I'm not going to get it because not only are you banned from listening to the show because I have unsubscribed you from the podcast, you are also banned from the worldwide internet, worldwide internet. Sweet bangs, by the way, bro. Sweet bangs. Uh Steven Reichlin coming up onto the break. I want to talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Oh, yeah. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market. Three different sizes to choose from. Now, believe it or not, tailgating season is not that too far in the offing. So you want something that you're going to be able to take with you, something that's portable. However, something that you're not sacrificing a ton of capacity for, even though you want portability. Well, let me introduce you to my good friend, the Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett, by the way, was the first that was introduced with that 12-volt power technology. Now the Jim and the Daniel Boone also have it as well. Precision fan increase in pellet consumption. Uh, as far as efficiency is concerned, not increase in pellet consumption, but increase in pellet efficiency. Now they have the classic line. They also have the prime line that I've been talking about for the last handful of weeks. That prime line, much ro- much more robust chassis. Plus you have peeker windows, that's what I call them, in the pellet hopper. So you can see where your pellet level is at. And, and you can also look into the cooking chamber. You know that old fad of, or that old wives' tale of, if you're looking, you're not cooking? Meathead has debunked that. That's not true at all. But you don't have to look or open the lid. Now, you can just look right into the cooking chamber, and I know what you're thinking. Grease is going to splatter. It's going to be a nightmare. I, myself, had a grill, not a Green Mountain grill, but a grill that had a plastic, or uh, what's a fancy word for that plastic? lexan glass? Smoked right up. Here with a little elbow grease, some plastic wool, little dish soap, a little water, hit that, clean it right up quickly. Don't forget the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie, rip the guts out. You can put in the pizza oven insert. Now you have a pizza party. Greenmountaingrills.com. That is greenmountaingrills.com. They have pellets to fire those cookers. They have special made sauces, special made rubs. A full line of support videos. You can look at my man Sterling Smith, if you want, who is one of their uh, big representatives. He's a accomplished backyard cook. Obviously, a well-accomplished competition cook as well. Big Green Mountain Grill fan. Again, the website GreenMountainGrills.com. GreenMountainGrills.com. Also, unrelated to Green Mountain Grills. At some point, we're going to be giving this away. This is the new book from Jamie Proviance, Weber's Ultimate Grilling, a step-by-step guide to barbecue genius. So follow me on social. We'll give that away too. Again, Stephen Reichlin coming right up. Stick around. Be right back.
1: Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempy.
0: All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Butchers Barbecue, makers of award winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And we always say this. Always trust your butcher. Central Lights, it's third Tuesday of the month. And that means... Oh, uh, what did I do? Come on. That means... It is time to do a segment with an icon in the industry, a host of TV shows, a creator, an instructor, a very popular barbecue university class, an author of the most popular barbecue and grilling books in the history of the world. Let's head on over to the hotline and welcome back, good friend of the show. Stephen Reichlin, joining us. Stephen, how are you, buddy?
2: doing great How about
0: yourself? absolutely fabulous Stephen. i may even appreciate you making time as always here for the third tuesday visit so before we get rolling tonight and i don't know if you are a fan or not but you got a nice mention on the howard stern show this morning and a plug for the barbecue bible book what do you think about that
2: i think that's fantastic
0: are you a fan of howard stern
2: howard is a buddy of mine i've been to his house and barbecue for uh, for him at his house a few years ago barbecue class he let me bring my kids who would not have allowed me to visit howard stern without them uh, and gosh i ran into him uh, ran into him a couple months ago down here in florida
0: really so yeah i was gonna say i, I thought i had recalled the story of where you might have done either like a private class or a, a big kind of get to what like what was the the theme of the class and how did it come about
2: his then-girlfriend, now-wife, had bought him a copy of the Barbecue Bible as a present, mm-hmm. and he was so smitten with it that he started talking about it on his show. And all of a sudden, we went to uh, number six on Amazon.com. Uh, the phone started ringing off the hook. I was on book tour, actually. I was on the West Coast when it happened. And uh, it was, um, you know, it was a, for, for a week it was a wild ride, and then we connected and, you know, uh, I agreed to uh, teach private class for him, help him up his barbecue game. And uh, he's a very nice man.
0: Uh, Steven Reichland joining me here on the show. He does have a couple other guys that are in that posse, too. That are really big live fire cooking fans. For instance, uh, one of his producers, Jason Kaplan, is a big live fire guy that I've uh, gotten to know recently. So uh, not just Howard, who I believe has kind of digressed off of uh, the meat trail. He seems to go hot and cold on certain things. But there's a lot of people in his posse that are uh, live fire fans.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, not sure if he actually eats meat anymore. But you know, more and more people don't. Even in my family, I got uh, every day. I'm sort of ward trying, to, trying to ward off the vegetarians.
0: Man on an island, no doubt about it. Um, one other off-topic subject here that I want to talk to you about. Are you familiar? And this is hyper regional, up in that Wisconsin, perhaps Minnesota area, with tiger meat sandwiches. No. So this. Ray tell me. <laughs> I hate, usually I'm not the one that's telling you about stuff, by the way. It's usually the other way around. But this is. That's
2: okay.
0: I, I believe you should learn something new every day.
2: So this is going to be my new thing today.
0: So imagine a Melba toast kind of a situation as a base. And then yep. raw ground meat with okay. some raw sliver of onion and some cracked pepper and some salt. Are you, a, are you somebody that's going to get down with that? Because I am 100% not going to get down with that.
2: I'm completely into it. I'm imagining some shaved pecorino cheese, maybe <coughs> maybe a little truffle mustard. Hey, by the way, if Nancy Lowski, my assistant, is listening, which I'm pretty sure she is, yes. she gave me an awesome present this week. My mustard, the French mustard maker, has just come out with a black truffle mustard, which she sent me for a birthday present. Hmm. I got to tell you, it will completely change your notion about mustard.
0: All right. Well... I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb, Stephen, and say that the general population in or in uh, Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin are probably not using pecorino cheese or whatever thing you their truffle mustard or anything like that. But I I am a little fascinated that you would be willing to jump in on raw ground beef. I mean, shouldn't I be scared to that?
2: Well, are they? Uh, well, I assume they're cho- they're starting with a steak and chopping it themselves. I mean, I don't know if they're buying it from the supermarket. That would make me nervous. But it, it is.
0: I, I've, I've, I've seen a guy do video where he's bought like a packaged ground beef. He tears open the cellophane at the top and starts taking fingerfuls of it.
2: Well, that would make me nervous today. But, you know, when I was growing <laughs> up, that was one of my my mom and I, that was one of our favorite treats was to eat raw hamburger meat. And that's just a sad comment on how the American food, uh, food distribution system has deteriorated in low these many years. So
0: do you think it's gotten worse over time or do you think that we just didn't know any better?
2: No, it's definitely gotten worse. I mean, we didn't have massive outbreaks of E. coli and salmonella. I remember the first one, first salmonella death, maybe I was like uh, 18 or 19. It was, you know, a long time ago. It made national news. I mean, today it's a daily occurrence. Hmm. It's just, you know, greed, capitalism, industrialization of food. It's... uh, all the things that kind of I hate about what has happened with uh, food. Today. Isn't
0: it? I mean, isn't it more of the demand from the American public to eat red meat at any cost?
2: Well, I think it's two things. I mean, I think it's three things actually. So one problem uh, is that you know we want cheap matters, price matters more to many Americans than quality, and I think we got that equation just wrong. You know, uh, eat eat less meat, but eat better meat. You know. Don't buy food just because it's cheap, because you ultimately pay a price somehow.
0: Mm-hmm. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website. Um so last month you were on, Steven, we talked about the first day of shooting for the Project Fire Two TV show. Full shooting, obviously, wrapped up. So let's take a quick look back. From a high level, how does this shoot go compared to all of the previous ones before?
2: Uh it was fantastic. It fulfilled a lifelong dream of mine, which was to shoot with a water background. We were on the Hatchie River in Northwest Florida. Absolutely drop dead gorgeous fishing boats cruising by every day. And actually you'll see a couple segments when I went out and fished myself and even brought some fish in myself. Um, we had a new, but, but I'd say about a third of our crew was new. Uh, and, uh, Everybody worked out great. We had a Barbecue University alum serve as our fire wrangler this year. Steve Nestor, if you're listening, uh, thank you. He did a fantastic job. We had a new food stylist who I want to tell you, when you see the food shots, you're going to want to just dive into the screen. Um, We made new friends in a part of the country where, you know, uh, probably our political, uh, our worldviews and political Uh, preferences and values were probably very different, but, uh, we just discovered over the course of, uh, two weeks of filming that people are people. And when you pitch in to work on a common purpose, you know, you, everybody's a a neighbor and a friend.
0: How far is Steen Hatchie away from where you reside part of the time in Miami? Uh,
2: six hour drive. If you were gunning really hard, which is, I did on the way back. Uh, more like a nine hour drive if you sort of meander and mosey and stop for dinner.
0: So is it some place that you think you're going to be going back to regularly ish or nice to visit and onward and upward?
2: Well regularly ish I don't know because it's a long journey and you know a lot of places I want to go in life but uh, I definitely hope to get back Uh, I had a wonderful wonderful uh, fishing outing met met a wonderful fishing guide and uh, I named uh, Crystal and I would love to get out uh, with her. I'd love to get up there for scallop season, which is supposed to be like complete madhouse, although it's hard to imagine that anybody could have a scallop better than a Martha's Vineyard scallop. But right, of course. Like, I keep an open mind.
0: Uh, from a dish standpoint, was there a favorite one that you made during the shoot that stood head and shoulders above all others? Of course, we know all the recipes are great, but just in your personal preference.
2: Well, I'll tell you three that really blew us away because they were all sort of developed out of experiments and they were really fantastic. So one is we did Ember flatbread where we took a flatbread dough and instead of cooking it on a grill grate, we laid it on the Ember's caveman style. That was astonishing. Um, (coughs) The second uh, was we did uh, our version of hanging chicken where you take a whole chicken, you hang it uh, over uh, a campfire and it kind of both roasts and smokes for three or four hours. That was super cool. And then we took a Texas shoulder clod. Now, you know Texas shoulder. It's the biggest cut of meat you can buy and cook at home. And we put it on a rotisserie, and we slow spit-roasted it over a wood fire instead of the traditional barbecue method. Mm. And that was sensational. I'm doing all three of those dishes at Barbecue University coming up at the end of um, May. So those were three highlights.
0: As far as the chicken is concerned, do you have some type of a like a tripod hanging thing or how do you uh, dangle it?
2: Well, it was interesting. (laughs) We got something called an Asado cross, uh, wink, wink, right. Um, an Asado cross, which is uh, manufactured by a company called North Fork Ironworks. They also make a great wood burning grill. And this is, you know, this is modeled on what Argentinians and Uruguayans use when they cook whole pigs and whole lambs. And that's a, a kind of a cruciform, uh, you know, they're, two arms at the top and the bottom to hold the legs, and then a big spike. And we leaned that over the wood fire. It was, it was really cool.
0: Um, do you have any idea what kind of temperature you're running at, or, or when you're cooking that way, it's more about keeping the fire that you have versus worrying about what temperature is, is hitting the flesh?
2: Uh, yeah, I would I would say it was pretty low. I would say probably like about a, you know, 325 to 3, even lower, probably about a 250 to 300. So it was more almost like a smoking because it took four hours to get the chicken done.
0: Uh, when do we see Project Fire 2 on the television?
2: July 4th weekend, baby. That's wow. when we're launching.
0: All right. That's the perfect time to do it. No doubt about it. We'll be right in the middle of grilling season and barbecue season at that point if you celebrate seasons. Of course, uh, Stephen and I do it all year round because we're real men. Uh, Stephen, your latest book, The Brisket Chronicles, uh, now officially available for sale. So if we could, for That's... the folks that might be – is it not for sale yet?
2: Well, I'm not positive. I just got my first copy on Friday, which is always a big thrill when it rolls off the press. Okay. Official update is May – May 1st, but I believe actually I believe that I believe they're pre-selling it on uh, Amazon some of the other uh, online sites.
0: Okay, so at worst pre-order you can do uh, but May 1st looking for that release. For the folks that might be tuning in for the first time or haven't gone back on uh, one or two of our past discussions, uh, just a little recap on the book and you know I guess you could tell from the title it's a focus on brisket.
2: Yeah, you know, brisket is one of those epic meats that is enjoyed all over the world. Most of us in this community listening to this would know it as barbecue. If you come from Texas, you know, you know it as uh, kind of hill country uh, barbecue. If you, whoops, I might have lost you. Did no, I just, I just,
0: I just uh, changed the you're, camera shot there. You're playing around. Here. I'm a high okay. producer. High producer.
2: Okay. Uh, If you come from Kansas City, it means something else. But brisket manifests in so many ways. Pastrami is made with brisket. Corned beef is made with brisket. Bolito misto, that boiled dinner in uh, northern Italy, is made with brisket. Um, uh, Travel even further, you know, in Korea they've actually developed a method for direct grilling brisket where I could promise Mm -hmm. you I could cook brisket in 30 seconds per side, one minute to cook brisket. And you'll see that on the show, as a matter of fact. And uh, then moving even even further east, you know, Vietnam's national soup is called pho. It's a beef noodle soup, and the core bedrock meat in that soup is brisket, which is then served super thinly sliced uh, in the soup afterwards. So for me, it was a chance once again to travel around the world to focus on my favorite meat and see how it varies from culture to culture. Uh, there's obviously a lot of barbecue. That's the biggest chapter. But... Uh, there's also indoor cooking. I mean, there's braising, there's stewing, there's baking. There are brisket scones, uh, there are brisket chocolate chip cookies. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's something in there for
0: everybody. What's your favorite brisket? If you had to choose one way out of all of that you have experienced, which one would you choose?
2: Barbecued brisket, Texas Hill Country style, using a Wagyu brisket. In fact, you know what? I'm making one on Friday.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. And in
2: fact, I mail ordered my brisket from uh, one of your hometown guys, Mister Brisket. Mister Brisket, all
0: right, Hank Kornblatt, Shout out to Hank. How are you going to be using offset? Are you going bullet style? What's your I'll, cooker? I'll
2: probably go. I'll probably go with a bullet.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, from a country's standpoint, Stephen, how many have you been in, through, or around in your travels?
2: I would say I'm probably pushing seventy. Oh.
0: How many different languages do you speak fluently?
2: Well, I speak French fluently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting better at Italian. I can kind of get around in Spanish and German. So um, I guess that's, that's about it.
0: Fluent and one other one besides American and then dangerous and a handful of others.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> if you can hire a plumber in a foreign language then, and, and describe the problem, you know, then you're functional.
0: Yeah, note about it, Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. Um, so the book t- the book tour is going to be rolling out as well. What are the first few stops in case people want to stop by, say hi, and get a book signed,
2: I would love that. So uh, we're starting off in Austin, Texas. Uh, that's the uh, 3rd of uh, May, if uh, memory serves. And then on the 5th of May, I'm doing a book signing at Books and Books in my hometown, Miami. The 6th, I'll be up in New York for a great event. At the uh, Upper West Side, Barnes & Noble, we've got a panel with Billy Durney from Hometown Mm Barbecue, with Will Horowitz from Harry & Ida's, which makes, I think, the most phenomenal pastrami uh, in New York. Uh, We've got the uh, editor of uh, Edible Manhattan. So it's going to be very interesting. And then let's see, I'm doing something for Salon. We've got a Today Show appearance. After that, I go to Atlanta. I go to Nashville. I'm um, in Kansas City. Unfortunately, Cleveburg uh, is not one of the cities. I'll be in Wichita. Uh, I'll be in Denver. I'll be in Eureka, California. Uh, where else? You know, it's, it's, it's May, May and June. It's Man. a Reichland
0: bookstore. A lot of travel, no doubt about it. So uh, last question before I let you go. Obviously, we have a couple big religious holidays coming up here shortly. Passover starting this coming Friday evening. And Easter, obviously, this coming Sunday. So traditionally, it's brisket for Passover, ham for Easter. Um, Do you have any thoughts on either or both of those?
2: Well, I do. First of all, I'll be cooking a brisket for Passover uh, on Friday. And uh, I'm just going to use a simple Dalmatian rub. I'm going to cook it low and slow, 250, uh, you know, for probably uh, 12 hours. Uh, which means I will be waking up early, but I wake up early all the time. This week's blog on barbecuebible.com uh, was written by Nancy Lowski, my uh, assistant and your hometown homie. That's right. Uh, and it's about uh, how to, I guess for better word, uh, how to how to pimp your ham, for a better word. It's, uh, you know, let's assume you're going to buy a really good ham, how to glaze it, how to sauce it, how to inject it. It's actually a very clever blog she has done. And I think she's going to follow that up on Easter Day with a blog on uh, uh, an Easter brunch. So brisket, ham, you name it, we got you covered.
0: So you're going barbecue brisket for Passover, but, I mean, traditionally this would be a dish that you would find in an oven uh, doing a braise, right?
2: I would. And in the Brisket Chronicles, you can read about my Aunt Annette's braised brisket, which is braised with with dried fruits and Manischewitz wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, a recipe that I grew up with and that I am now, many, many years later, finally disclosing.
0: Are you a big ham guy? Do you like ham? I love ham. If it's a good
2: ham, if it's a great real, you know, uh, if you can see the meat fibers and the grain of the ham, then I love it. If it looks like it was ground up and then reconstituted, I'm a Mm. little less fond of it.
0: So there's a a big ham institution out there that a lot of people go to and they have big lines this time of year. Are you a fan of that kind? Of what? Uh, I don't know if I want to mention it by name, but, you know, it might have honey, you might bake it, if you know what I mean. Like, a lot uh, of people yeah. think that's the gold standard.
2: Well, it's, you know, I would say that's a little bit like um, uh, Casey Masterpiece barbecue sauce. Everybody loves it. It's great in the way that it is. You know, can you get more artisanal and, uh, and, and kind of a little bit more hams with more character? Sure you can, but I would not be unhappy to find that on my table.
0: All right. Uh, Stephen Reichland can be found at barbecuebible.com. Don't forget uh, July 4th weekend. The second edition of Project Fire will be coming out and hitting the TVs for your viewing pleasure. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Happy Passover, and we will look for you again next month.
2: And happy, uh, happy Easter and happy Passover to all your listeners, and uh, thanks for the great job you do every month.
0: All right. Thank you, Stephen. There he is. My pal, Stephen Reichlin, being brought to you by the Fogo Charcoal Hotline, baby. New sponsor. Maybe you saw that right there. FogoCharcoal.com. Hopefully, in the second hour, I can do a little bit more formal introduction of the new latest, most happiest sponsor of the show, Sebastian and the gang over at Fogo Charcoal. So... If you've never heard of them, then you have no social media presence whatsoever, uh, nor are you keeping tabs. But there's the website scrolling right there fogocharcoal.com, F O G O charcoal. All right. We have Robin Lindars ready to come up. Hold on a second. Last-minute instructions. Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and barbecue. Attention anyone who loves sausage and barbecue. Who's that? Might be you. Established in 1882, Southside, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, which is coarse ground and a natural pork casing. And their authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including our prime brisket, slow smoked for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store southsidemarket.com. I'll get to that here in a second with some special offers. They ship fresh and smoked sausages worldwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All the meats are processed in the on site USDA inspected facility. On site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are also welcome now if you want to eat there. Two restaurants for you to try out Elgin, Texas, since 1882, and Bastrop, Texas, since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states as well. Now, if you go to Southsidemarket.com, get all you want. All the sausages, the sausage slammers, the briskets, the ribs, the sauces, the hot sauce, you name it. And then as you check out, use promo code BBQ Central. All one word, BBQ Central, lowercase BBQ Central. Get 10% off the entire order for online listeners and podcasters only. That's 10% off your entire order each and every time when you use code BBQCENTRAL at SouthSideMarket.com. All right, we have the grill girl. We have the grill girl coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back.
1: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information, or you can purchase there. You can also buy from Amazon.com as well. While you're on CookinPellets.com, don't forget to download their free app that will alert you to great shipping deals when they happen. Great flavors over there as well, so if you're a pellet pooper fan... Get down with cookpellets.com, Chris Becker in the game. Alright, the third Tuesday of the month also brings a visit from the creator of Grillgirl.com, Robin Lindar is joining me. Hey Robin.
3: Hey, how are you, Greg? I'm
0: doing great. How are you?
3: I am good, and I apologize in advance if I had been celebrating too much the last time I was on your show.
0: What are you talking uh-huh. about? I don't remember what you're talking about. <gasps>
3: Yes, you do. Well, we were, remember, uh, we had just bought like 20 acres and we were like, woohoo, and drinking champagne. And uh, I feel bad because I Oh, wait,
0: you had ice in your wine. (laughs) (laughs) I I do remember. Or champagne or whatever. I think I remember that. It's all coming back to me. So have you done anything with the... Keep it
3: classy. Yeah. have you done? Have you done anything
0: (laughs) with the 20 acres yet? Have you gotten the brush hog out or what?
3: Uh, funny enough, I think there are hogs on there. There's hog tracks. And uh, actually, we are, um, we're we're going to camp on it this weekend. So yeah. I hope I don't just get eaten alive by bugs and just also sweat my ass off. But my husband is totally determined that we should camp on it and just get to understand what's going on there. So that's what we're
0: doing. So could you literally live off the land there? I mean, with 20 acres, that's a substantial chunk of real estate. Take a couple of firearms and shoot and eat, right?
3: I mean, yeah, and I think it's a good place to be if the zombie apocalypse comes, you know? <laughs> so you guys come find me if that does happen, and hopefully it doesn't. But, you know, I am a <laughs> walking dead fan, so I couldn't go without just happening to mention that.
0: Can I call you Steven Lindar since everybody else on the show is Steven tonight?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't look Stephanie? like a Steve, do I? How about, how about Stephanie? All right, if that works, I can yeah. be Stephanie. Stephanie for you Lindar tonight.
0: is joining me here on the creator of grillgirl.com. 13,000 Instagram followers almost as well. So congratulations on your social media push there. Good job.
3: I'm trying to, I'm trying, you know, you got to feed the feed. It's, it's annoying, right? It's hard to keep up with sometimes, but you just got to like do it. And, um, I think because I just wrote this cookbook, I also just had a shitload of content that helps me because I can, you know, it gives you a lot of stuff to yeah. post. There are days when you're not behind the grill, right? But you've got to figure out how to post and, I think a lot of it too is just engagement and you get busy and you got you just got to be on there. So I want to be like present, but then I know I need to work on my Instagram. So, you know, we all are, right? The, str- the struggle is real.
0: That's right. May 7th, the book is coming out, by the way. Uh, it's uh, Robin Lindar's book on electric smokers. So uh, let's talk quickly about a couple of your favorite recipes.
3: Yeah. So and, you know, I will say, obviously, the people in the barbecue community are like, oh, electric smoker, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? That's a gateway. That's a gateway appliance for a lot of people that starts them down their path. Are you are you
0: are you causing? I don't think that that's really a thing. Like, I have an electric smoker. I have a cook shack smoker. I mean, certainly it's a little more top line. I don't I'm not here to judge anybody if you have a bullet smoker If you have a piece of crap Brinkman charcoal smoker, if you have an electric smoker, offset, doesn't matter. I mean, as long as you have one and you're kind of getting into it. I mean, if you have a couple really bad experiences with a really crappy cooker, that might turn you off. But I mean, let's not cast dispersions or or lead any type of stereotypes. I mean, if you have what you have and you like it, I mean, that's cool.
3: Exactly. But you know, people get how they get in our world of barbecue, but- um, the recipes can be used on any kind of cooker, right? If you like to add elements of smoke, then this is a really this is a good book for you because yeah. you know, I've been doing recipe development for a long time and I love doing recipe development and I'm always up for a challenge. so it was my goal to really infuse elements of smoke into just about everything. So there's a lot of unexpected things like smoked cocktails, a smoked old-fashioned with this is what I'm proud of. it's a smoked old-fashioned, which you got you could I know you're more of a rye guy, right?
0: Yeah well, I mean, well, no. In an old fashioned, it's only bourbon for me.
3: Okay, but I'm saying you're more of a Sazerac guy, right? In And a, I Sazerac, it, in
0: a Sazerac it is rye. Yes, correct.
3: Okay. Yeah. So, but some things I did that are cool that I think is just something fun, and people actually got really excited about this on Instagram is, you know, make your own smoked water. And I did like, um, smoked water, and then you turn that into an ice cube, and then you infuse it with your favorite herbs or things like. Um, you know, zest of citrus and those are the kind of things that you can add to a cocktail to add elements of smoky flavor, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and you you can even smoke the peels to make the zest, um, for, for a cocktail. So I did things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, smoked pineapple upside down cake. I did a cold smoked chocolate. Um, I call it a campfire s'mores cheesecake. And a lot of the, the recipes are, um, have paleo and keto swap outs, I did my South Florida smoked fish dip, which has always been like, I. it's called crack dip in my family. And it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, I actually used to have a neighbor that supposedly, he was a, what they call in Florida, they call you a cracker if you're old school, like Florida person. Yeah. I, it refers to kind of like old cowboys in the state. And I, he was a Florida cracker. There's no, there's no, it has nothing to do with race. It's just a good term. Um, but, and he supposedly used to trade, his family used to have a fish smoking hut on the new river in Fort Lauderdale. And they used to trade smoked fish with the Indians. Mm. And I took, basically he used to bring us his smoked fish dip. And then I took his recipe and just like took it to the 10th degree and it's cracked dip. But, um, just a lot of, and you know, stuff like venison, I have a rosemary rubbed venison, um, quail, because I think also that demographic people who like to hunt, um, you know, you see a ton of electric smokers at like Cabela's and, and Bass yeah, Pro. Totally. So I didn't want to leave anyone out. So, um, but the whole premise is that it also is junk free, no weird ingredients. Um, so you know, it's all about getting rid of the the crap and and getting back to the stuff that you're you should be eating, right, and not feeling guilty about.
0: Did you like writing the book?
3: I did. Um, I was, I had a lot of fun with it. I also had a lot of stress going on in my life because um, my, my cousin died of breast cancer and she was like 32 and she has kid, a kid oh, the same age God. as Hunter. So it's Hunter's second cousin. Yeah. So it was really sad. And then my dog died too. So all like all around the same time. Yikes. So while I enjoyed it, I, you know, at one time I was like, I should totally record this experience and then when I looked at all my recordings, I was always crying in all of them. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be sharing this. But um, I think it was a good outlet while all of that stuff was going on. And I, you know, I, I did pour my heart and soul into it. So I think the recipes are pretty stellar.
0: You had, did you self-publish something like a number of years ago when, like right around that Kingsford Invitational type thing? Or did that not end up yeah. happening? Yeah. So Yeah, you had,
3: I did an ebook. Yeah. So you with-
0: had like a, a base of writing underneath you. So it wasn't totally foreign.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And you know, what was cool is I got um, Rick Brown. I don't know if you remember Rick Brown, PhD, Rick Brown. He was my recipe tester. So um, what was cool is the publisher gave me someone to test all my recipes and give me feedback, Um, which I mean, it was 100 recipes. too. I think you really need that because I was cranking a lot of stuff out. And I had a lot of recipes in my repertoire, but some of them were grilling focused. So then I took the flavor profiles and you change the methodology of cooking. But yeah, it was a fun experience. And um, John Solberg helped me with some things too. And cause he's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was on my bucket list. I've done it. It was a cool experience. I feel like I'm giving birth to a cookbook baby, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to, to have under my
0: belt. All right. So that's going to be released May 7th. So very shortly it should arrive, yeah. uh, and pre-order now. So you can, what do you go to Amazon or go to your website and do all that? Go
3: to Amazon, or you can click a link on my website, and uh-huh. I totally appreciate it because the the Amazon gods seem to favor you more if you do well in pre-orders right. because Amazon's like the next Google, right? So they're the Google of e-commerce, I guess. So,
0: All right, yeah. so, so let's uh, switch up gears here really quick. Uh, I want to get to the recap of Frostproof here in a second, but one of the other things, and this was such a, a great, you know, quick recap. I think. Anybody that's in this subculture, we get thermometers, we get the importance of really good thermometers. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about ThermoWorks and the ThermoPen and their uh, other thermometer products. But it's yeah. it's important to every time and again check your thermometers for accuracy.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and this ties back into my frostproof story, but you know, um People just don't even realize, you know, even just a side of the ThermaPens, and they're awesome, and, and, all, and most of the, I like a lot of their products, um, even outside of the ThermaPen. I like the ThermaPop. The Signals is awesome. Um, anyway, I could go on and on, but people, when you buy a grill off the shelf, a lot of people don't think that you also need to calibrate that thermometer. So, I, It didn't even occur to me when I first bought my egg until like a couple years ago, mm. as I got more into grilling, and, I, and it was like 50 degrees off.
0: 50 right? 5 zero. Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. And so think about that. You know, if you're trying to learn how to cook and teach yourself new things, that 50 degrees can really screw you up. Yeah, you huge. know? Yep. So um, that so you guys, you know, whatever you learn from this segment, just test your thermometers, right? So, you know, all you have to do is really get a glass of ice water and just get it, let the ice really melt so the water's at 32 degrees. And, you know, and um, you want you want to test to make sure. It's reading that because if it's not, then you need to add or subtract based on what it is reading. And you know, the dial ones you can calibrate yourself. So, but yeah, so thermo thermo works as well. Um, I've had uh, it, when I was writing the cookbook, actually, I had a thermopen that was way off, and I didn't realize it. And it was my fault. I believe it wasn't theirs. It's it was a thermopen that had been hanging out in my 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 glamper. Mm -hmm. my she shed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I'm sure it got annihilated in the Florida heat, but Uh. somehow that thermopin ended up in the mix of my gazillion other ones. And I started using it and then I started cooking, overcooking everything while I was doing my cookbook, which was really frustrating because right, you know, you're spending all this time. And then I realized it was my thermo, my thermopin was off and it was off substantially. And so You guys just don't take that stuff for granted. And, you know, I would say Thermoworks is really good about um, like they have a two year warranty, I believe, on their um, ThermaPen. I looked it up today and then I believe it's the probes that have a year warranty. Mm -hmm. Double check on their website. But even if you're past that two year, it doesn't hurt to call them if things are off and they may at least take a look at it for you or give you the shipping to look at it and calibrate it for you. And I so I posted on my Instagram about how I thought my thermopin was off and it was giving me false readings, um, at this recent uh, state competition. And they reached out to me on social and were like, send your, your Thermapen and we'll take a look at it. Hmm. So I, they're all about, you know, I think they have great customer service. And of course I've done a lot of marketing with them or I, you know, I work with them and do affiliate stuff on my blog, but, um, yeah. So don't, you guys, the moral of that story is just check it. You know, if things are, seem off; they might be, and check your thermometer. You take it for granted, right? Like it's going to be perfect, but yeah, <coughs> stuff. You know, stuff doesn't t- stay perfect forever. Everybody needs a little tune-up here and there.
0: Yeah, check yourself before you wreck yourself. In lieu of the <laughs> water, of the ice water, yes. you can go boiling water. That's two twelve as well. So if you want to do that, uh, you yeah. can certainly go that side on the hot side instead of the cold side. All right, so let's go ahead and quickly take a look back at frost, uh, Frostproof. So, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever, you were down at the shed doing that State cook-off association contest. That was the first one that was well-documented here on this show leading up to it and then after. Yeah. So what did you do this time around? I know there was two different teams, maybe three different teams. What was your process and how did you fare this time out?
3: Well, I did really shitty this time what? and it was kind of... Um, I'm just sorry. I'm just going to be myself. I know I curse too much, but like the whole thing was like, it was fun. I had fun with my dad, but there was like family drama coming in. I was, it's like, it could have been like a damn state competition behind the scenes reality
0: show, you know, because like, you guys are getting into
3: it, huh?
0: Were you guys getting into it? you getting chippy with each other.
3: Uh, not me and dad, but so, you know, dad and I came back so stoked from, (laughs) The one we did at the shed, and we're like, oh, cool! Let's do one in Florida." Yeah, we can't wait. Yeah. And, you know, there aren't a lot of s- things in South Florida, but this was in like Central Florida, so we drove up. And, um, but in the process of getting excited to do this as a family, Scott, my husband, was going to do it. Um, I thought I tried to enter Hunter in, but technically he wasn't old enough, right. so I didn't do it. Um, but so there started being tensions on the process of how we were going to do the steak. And so Scott, who's never done a competition before, and we've only done one, but we've obviously done a lot of research on what people are doing to win, was really being a hard ass about wanting to do it sous vide. Right. And I like sous vide, I think it produces a great steak, but there were also a lot of variables like, I mean, shit, they didn't even post till like, a week ago if we even had power and what that was going to be, like, all about. So I didn't even know what to expect. Like, Mm. I don't want to hang my hat on doing sous vide because I don't know if I have the Wi-Fi, and I don't know where the electricity is going to come from, right? Right. So um, until I get a little more into my belt, and then my dad didn't feel comfortable with doing it. So then he was like, I tell you what let's just split up and do two different teams. It'll be you and Scott versus me and your mom. And we'll be all be team grill girl. Well, and then I don't know, Scott got pissy and he was like, I want it to be like just a golf game where I show up and play a game of golf, but I don't really want to take it that seriously. And I was like, well, I do want to take it seriously because this is my brand. um,
0: Look out. We got trouble. We got trouble.
3: (laughs) So then, so then it turned into being me versus my dad, because then, um, Scott couldn't go and he bailed on me. And then my mom <laughs> got the flu a couple weeks ago and she didn't have any days off work till like to take off. Oh. So then dad and I were like competing. Like we were in the same tent, but he's also done a lot more research than me. And now he's like besties with Johnny Joseph. Like yeah. they talk all the time. Oh. You know, how my dad is like, he's, he's friends with everybody. Yeah, and so, mayor. um, so anyway, we had fun. He did the PK. I did my mini egg. Um, and I think I just screwed a couple of things up because, I think I was trying to overcompensate because, um, you know, they look for medium and it's hard for me to get to medium, just a medium. I'm a medium rare girl. So I seem to just be like, I can do a perfect medium rare or I overcook it. It's like, that's like, I don't know. And then I think, um, also I think I, I wasn't comfortable with my rub going in and dad had his going like his idea already down and I was still kind of like on the fence. And here's the thing is everybody's using um, the white lightning now. You heard this? Oh, the rub. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and it seems like this is what I'm learning is that anyone that places uses that rub or something kind of like it with MSG in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff is really going against my whole like fiber in the way i would normally cook a steak because i would normally be like no msg i'm not gonna cook it to medium and so i don't know my game was off but i had fun my dad and dad beat me he was like 17th and i'm not gonna say what i was i wasn't dead ass last but you know what was frustrating greg is that also there was just some there was some random stuff going on like there was this lady that pulled up next to us she'd never done a competition before which, I mean, I only have one more than her. Yeah. And she comes and she gets a propane tabletop grill and sticks it on a table. And no grill grates, right? Um, and I tasted her steak and I ended up spitting it out because I thought it was gross. It had a weird flavor. And she ended up placing third. So I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? So, um, But, you know, I had fun. Um, I think I have some things like, you know, competition, bar- I mean competition steaks yeah. rather are looking for a certain set of things, same as competition barbecue. And you can k- cook a great steak, but you have to f- figure out what they're looking for. And I don't want to do another competition until I take a class mm. and primarily mm-hmm. a judging class, because I don't want to shoot in the dark, not knowing what they're looking for. Mm. Because, you know, when you do poorly, it totally... it it like messes with your head a little bit. It's like, you got to like be like Robin, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. You know, but like, it does mess with you a little bit. And I'm a perfectionist. It was kind of like when I went on chopped and got voted out early, It's very stressful. And then you start to doubt yourself and like rethink everything. What did I do wrong? Was it overdone? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I just need to get myself a little better educated so I can go in and have a stronger finish. Well, I mean, I
0: time. think we ha- we can pinpoint two of your biggest errors. Is One, y- you feel like your way is right, and this is a competition, so you obviously are going to have to do it differently. So you have to get over that yeah. mental hurdle, number one. Uh, totally. And then number two is obviously the whole temperature thing. If you can nail a medium rare steak, I mean, I would imagine all you have to do is carry it up another couple degrees and then in the rest you're going to land right in that medium section and you won't overcook it. But you you, you want yeah. to turn in a medium, you're imposing your will onto the judges who have to judge against that picture matrix. And there, right. no matter how much you think you're right, you're going to be wrong. And that's yeah. leading to your frustration. So I think once you get over those hurdles, then at least you won't be as frustrated. You might be frustrated with the profile or maybe you didn't finish high enough, but at least you're hitting yeah. the other two major things that are probably uh, detracting from your success at the moment.
3: Right. And another thing I forgot to mention that I did that was like just bad, but it is what it was, was that my first stake I, I was considering that my practice stake And then my second one I wanted to turn in. But when I did my second steak, I was getting temperature readings all over the place. It was like 150, 115. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And then like, but then I'm like, I did all my, I did, you know, just like you would see Malcolm Reed do. I was like two, 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 thermopin, butter, blah, blah, blah. And it was just all over the place. And I was like, I feel like this isn't reading correctly or I'm going to burn the shit out of this steak. And then it still wasn't pulling the right internal temperature. So then I ended up, and I was trying to let it come up to temp, and I was worried that that one was just too rare. So then I turned in my practice steak, and I think that's what hurt me because that one had oh. probably been sitting too long. Right. So it was just a cluster, but I had fun. My dad got into moonshine. He was like, oh, my God. Like My husband gave my dad the name Tropical Storm Eddie a long time ago <laughs> when he got into too much vodka one night. And I have pictures from that night, and he's got – He's, like, hanging his head in this, like, like fake alligator, like, on the beach somewhere, you know? But there's, like, that point where someone's, like, funny drunk, and then they might get close to that point of being, like, like, don't bring homeless people back into our tent kind of drunk, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, the line might have been fine there, but, I mean, we had fun. It was a good time. I got to spend a lot of time <laughs> with my dad and crack up and, you know, like, you can't get that time back. So even if I didn't do that well, it was time. it was time well spent time with my well dad spent. and... And the the Rum Runner Barbecue team, um, we've gotten to be good friends with them, and they're a lot of fun and just really nice people. So, um, and I got to re- meet Rub Bagby for like the first time, finally ever, and he's like such a nice, cool guy. Like we've been friends, like but not have never met in person. So.
0: Yeah, barbecue star, no doubt about it, and a very successful yeah. competition cook on the steak side as well. Uh, you can check out Robin's blog at grillgirl.com. You can follow her on Instagram at GrillGirlRobin. Thirteen thousand of you do. And uh, of course, you know the pervs in the chat room are like. She said she was going to do bikini pics two or three times, two or been, three segments ago. Yeah, you guys. I'll take your word there's for it. Couple, but I'm just talking there's a couple for these bikini
3: weirdos. Pictures on the uh, paddle board. Uh, if you look at my stories, they're saved.
0: All right. Well, yeah. So one is what,
3: me with my dog. In a bikini on my paddle board in the mangroves, like in the back country in Florida. Uh,
0: yeah, don't cater to these purrs, Robin. I mean, give me a break. So uh, <laughs> at Grill Girl Robin on Instagram, grillgirl.com, the website. Robin always appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
3: Love you, Greg.
0: See you later. There's Robin. All right. Uh, she's brought to you by the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. And oh boy, this is. Uh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Did I do that right? Damn. Oh, see, I knew it. Now I got to reload that. Here we go. All right. There is 0% chance I'm getting out of time, so I got to stop that timer. That's well worth it. Why did this turn into a loop? Uh, I'll talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. They've always believed that charcoal, <laughs> the charcoal, that cooking outdoors should be easy because it can be especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature controlling. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. You visit the website, bbqguru.com. And check out what they have to offer. If you have any questions, please call them. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they will make sure they have all of your questions answered. So you are up and running when that box arrives at your front door. Again, the Monolith has a built-in power draft fan. So if you already have a Guru controller, you can just wire that one right up to the fan and away you go. Upgrade the tech if you want, but not need it. We are back to wrap the first hour quickly. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: Okay. We are wrapping up the first hour. Hey, Thanks again. Living in Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Legal ID there. Uh, thanks again to Stephen Reichlin, BarbecueBible.com, for joining me in the first segment of the show, first interview segment. And thanks to Robin Lindars, aka Stephanie Lindars, aka K A K Stephen Lindars. Uh-oh. Trying to keep with all the Stephen Stevens tonight grillgirl.com at grill robin on instagram and we are back with the second hour straight away stick around be right back